Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, November 18, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a sell-off day. We have a late day sell-off day. So we'll get into the specifics and what that all means, but let's revert back to last night. We're going to talk about the things that jump off the daily chart. We did that last night. We'll do it again. We do it every night. But last night we discussed that the market was on time. So it was a critical point for the market. They're either going to continue higher and break above the breakdown candle high or they're going to run into trouble making a bearish wedgish pattern, quote unquote, on time. Time is more important than price, and this is one of the foundational points that's discussed and taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Now, here's the thing. The rub with today is Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew were out in force. Let's remember their number one job. Their number one job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Now, case in point, the sell-off happened late in the day. They made it look like they normally do, like they're going to do something they're not actually going to do. They did that earlier in the day. They ran up. They started testing some important numbers on the north side. They couldn't get through. They ultimately sold off. But when did they sell off? They sold off into the end of the day. Had they sold off earlier than the end of the day, there may have been some other opportunities on the board at some numbers for a buying opportunity. One of them worked for a scalp trade, if you will, but it was too late in the day. I know some traders took it anyway. It was 357.50. I've been discussing that number for days. Just for argument's sake, here's 357.50 depicted by the lower horizontal line. And you can see once they hit it, there was a bull bear battle. They went up to 358.10. That's good for about a six point ES bounce, six S&P handles. Not the greatest bounce in the world. The point is that number should have and was at least for a temporary perspective supportive of price, but they killed him into the close. You can't take a trade like that with no time left on the clock. That's the problem. Why is that? Because you run the risk of them killing him into the close, which is what happened today. Last night, we talked about if the market came down, we would begin discussing a symmetrical move. A symmetrical move can take the market down to 350. Now, that doesn't mean the market's going right to 350. However, we should discuss what are the support levels in between. Maybe the market gets to 350 tomorrow. Maybe it doesn't. But we need to depict numbers that are important so that we come in uniform, prepared, ready to go. By the way, before we do that, remember the 358.75. That was the former high. Once again, that was supportive of price. However, as the market's coming down, it wasn't my intention to take the trade at 358.75, but wait for 357.50. It got too late. They dripped them into the end of the day, and then they killed them into the close. Another pretty decent bounce off 358.75 today and another point where I'm aware that many traders took that trade at 358.75 for a scalp trade. There's nothing wrong with that. Just because I'm not willing to take the trade doesn't mean others aren't willing to assume a certain amount of risk that I might not be willing to assume. That's what makes a market. 
There's two sides to every trade, everybody has their own number, and we go from there. Let's get back to the concept of where would the support start to be on Thursday? Part of it depends on where they open the day, and inside the numbers members will certainly have a beat on specifics first thing in the morning. But as we're here the night before, we say, all right, what are the important numbers? So you know if I give you a number and the market's gapping below that number, that number's off the table, we go to the next number. The first number or the next southern number that's important happens to be nearby. I'll give it to you anyway, but it's really close by. They almost hit it into the end of the day. 355.80 to 85 is the number. From there, we go down to a number that's important, and you'll see the low in this candle is 354.71. The reason why that's important is it's called a gap window. It's the last price or the last spot before no man's land where they get underneath this pivot and they head toward or the door is now open for the gap to be filled, and that would be down at 353.27. So somewhere in between this low at 354.71 and the gap at 353.27 is going to be supportive of the market. Now these are the pure numbers. If they're heading to the gap and they spike it through a little bit, I'm giving you the numbers where the gap is. That doesn't mean that's where the market has to stop. The market will generally find stability somewhere in that zone, but they can certainly spike it. Sometimes they come up short. Sometimes they hit it on the nose. We know all that. I discuss that all the time. All that stuff is constantly inside the numbers in the notes and the commentary. The next number down of major importance, 350.20. We'll call it 350. I put the number on a gap from the hourly chart, and you'll see here this gap was never filled. We know that situation. So here's the situation. That was bullish when it happened. When they come back down, it may be supportive. It is a breakout area. It has already been tested. So it's kind of squirrely whether that number is of grave importance. Let me lay as clearly as I can this situation as I'm unfolding it. I'm really giving you three sides to the story. So let me try and narrow it down to two. What I'm saying is, A, this area of 350 is a big spot. That's A. What I'm not saying is the market's going to go there first thing tomorrow. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. We don't know that. If the market is there first thing in the morning, we have to pay attention. How are they acting and reacting around 350? Do they hit it and shoot out of there real quick? Then they would be have running a test. Do they get below 350.20? Do they get below 350? Do they spend some time down there? Hourly closes below? That would be telling us something different. But I'm also saying something else. I've given you other areas of support. The market is unlikely to just blow through those other areas that I just discussed. So it's really only on a flush that right away we have to worry about 350. We're more concerned with the immediate numbers that are in front of us for Thursday, for example, like the gap window we just discussed, like the gap we just discussed where it would be filled. That closing price is 353.27. Those are numbers where the market is going to find buyers that step in. But we like to have everything at our disposal. We need to come prepared. We need to come in uniform, ready to go. What about the flip side? What if it was just a 
End of the day, shakeout operation. We wake up to a gap higher on Thursday, and it was just a fakeout. How would we know? Well, besides the fact that they would be gapping up in the morning, that's how we would know. But what are the numbers that are most important? Well, what's on the board? How about 358.75? Now, price is kind of far away from that by close today. However, that's the number. We've been discussing this number for a couple of days, more than a couple of days. 358.75 is the former high. As long as price is above the former high, they would be challenging or at least attempting to challenge the breakdown candle high from over here. We talked about that ad nauseum yesterday and before. But if they get below 358.75, if they're giving up the old high, it's a signal. It's a sign. It's a potential sign of a failure. If they're failing at the number and we have the big breakdown candle from last Monday and we talk about symmetrical moves and if you have no freaking clue what I'm talking about when I mention symmetrical move, then you might want to check out or review the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. There's an entire module on, yes, symmetrical moves. There's not just one thing. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. How about inside the numbers? What we're going to do here is take a look at the pre-market commentary, the rest of the commentary throughout the day, point out some specific things that are important, some specific numbers that are important. We'll take a look at the stocks on the move. There's something wrong with this form. I don't know why, but it's not showing the stocks on the move currently. It was showing earlier today. Something must have happened. I don't know what it is. Should be a lot of fun in the morning to figure out. But we'll go over the stocks on the move anyway, and at that point in time, you'll take my word for it that they were on the board. When we woke up today, after the fact that it's hump day, it's a wake-up green kind of day. So it's unassuming. The market was trading up a little bit. They were over the big fat round number of 360, 3600 in the ES. Nothing earth-shattering one way or the other. And yes, it was bullish. Let's move it along. We get to the early thoughts. So at the time, it was pretty cut and dry. The gap left open from yesterday is SPY 360.64. Opening above is a step one for the bulls. Next up, we have two resistance points that are likely gateways. Price needs to get through both before the next leg higher. And when I say next leg higher, I mean more than 50 cents, that kind of thing. I mean the next leg higher, which would be to run a test of the breakdown candle high, which obviously didn't happen, but that's what was on the board, that's what was on the docket, if they were to get through these numbers, 361.55 and 362. Let's take a pause from the notes for a second, and let's kind of get a sense for what's going on here. You know, the routine, right of the vertical, blah, blah, blah. So we have a five-minute chart, and I've put a couple of lines on the board. The top one is 361.50. The lower one, or the middle one, I should say, is 360.64. So just to get our faculties, the vertical line is where we start the day, and you can see they opened the day above the gap, they tested the gap, and they traded higher from the gap. So if they were going to open above the gap and trade higher, what was the next resistance point? 360.150, 361.55. You'll see me notch it down to 360.150 as we go through the notes. Well, guess what? What was the high over here? 361.50. What was the high over here? 361.50. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences in relation to the market. Of course, they never got to 362, so we don't need to discuss that one. 
So all that, all those numbers were on the board in the early thoughts. This is like 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.30, whenever I put it on there. All that is in the spirit of being prepared. If they were to get through 362, what was the target? 364. You need to know all this stuff as we're coming in for game time. Moving right along. 9.33, Sienna did the deal. It did a small deal, but it did the deal nonetheless. That was one of the stocks on the move that hit their number. In fact, it was the only one that hit its number. At least from a can we trade this perspective. Lowe's hit it into the end of the day, but that doesn't count. It was into the close. So here's the crux of it. 9.35. Above the gap that was filled at the time is fine for the bulls. Below is not. If you just take that into account and you come back to a chart and you say below the gap is no good. So you can see they're trading above the gap, above the gap, above the gap. They run a test and then they break the gap. And guess what? They try and run a test back up to that spot. They can't even get there. And that was it. So below the gap, that was a true statement. Below the gap, no good. You need this information going into the trading day. You need this information during the trading day. That's what it's here for. I'm the tour guide. Moving right along. It's quiet. The numbers repeat over and over again as the morning goes on. And since you already saw the chart a number of times, you know what happened. Once the market broke below the gap, it broke below the gap. Here's one, 1027, no change. Let's sit back and think intraday, two days, maybe a little more, the hourly chart. This is a picture of the hourly chart. Above all the moving averages, technically there's nothing wrong with the market. They're riding the 20, but riding it up. Just another perspective outside of 50 cents or a dollar in terms of the numbers. I just wanted to have a bigger picture perspective, take that 30,000 foot view. If something changes from there's nothing wrong with the market, which was the prevailing thing at the time, we'll know because this chart will look different. Keeping things simple. Guess what? Below the gap and the fact that this chart looks different, now you know. Here's what the hourly chart looks like now. Here's what it looked like then. It's changing. It was changing during the trading day. Once they got below the gap, there's trouble. Once they got below the former high, guess what? More trouble. The market takes one step at a time. Sometimes it goes to run a test of the step. Sometimes it walks up or down the steps. Moving right along. Same thing at 11 o'clock. It's bullish until it's not. Reiterating 361.50. No change, yada, yada, yada. Now we can see by about 1.30, they ran a test of 3.60. All of a sudden, things start to get interesting. And here's what I'm saying then at 1.30. If they continue to bang on it, they're signaling lower. If they go and recapture the gap, then 3.61 and it's bullish behavior. We don't know until we know, but we need to know the gateways. We need to know the gateways that are important, a la the important numbers. In this case, 360 was an important number. Moving right along. Closing the hour below, that was the 2.30 p.m. hour below 360. The door opens for 358.75. Again, it's the tour guide. I'm not saying short the market in the hole, and there's a reason for that. As the market's going down and they start breaking certain support areas, there's certain days where you buy support and there's certain days where you sell resistance. There's hardly any day where you sell the market on the way down. Why is that? Because you're shorting it in the hole. You're going to end up with pies in the face. 
because at some point they end up with a rip your face off rally and if you short in the hole you could be shorting at the lows we talk about it all the time there's a way in which to treat this as a business shorting in the hole is not one of them if you're intent on shorting the market and they broke below 360 and they rally back to try and recapture 360 that's an area that you say okay i'll take the risk i'm going to short around 360 and if they begin closing candles back above 360 i have to cut and run get out of the trade that's how you trade 225 Yes, there is a buy at 357.50 if reached today with enough time left in the session. At the time, it looked like it might happen. However, they reached it, there wasn't enough time left in the session. First, there's likely a bull bear battle around 358.75. That's where a lot of traders took that cue and actually bought 358.75. Remember, this is 2.30 in the afternoon, so it's the same thing. 358.75, they spike it by a few pennies and then rally up. And that was the spot. That's the spot where a trader who wants to short the market could say, hey, they're rallying back to run a test of the big fat round number. What was the high right here? The high is 360.06. And that's where you would say, if they get above and they start closing candles above, I have to cut and run. Otherwise... I'm going to be short the market. Here's the thing. Above 358.75, for me, they're bullish. So guess what? They're above. They just bounced off it again. I don't know that they're not going to recapture 360. For me, from where I sit, even playing Monday morning quarterback, seeing the end of the day, I'm here to say that wasn't a high probability trade at the time to reshort 360, at least from where I sit. Sure, it worked out, but I still wouldn't take that trade again tomorrow given the same conditions. There's two sides to every trade. That's what makes a market. Some trades I like, people don't see them. Other trades other people like, I don't see them. That's the way this works. Let's finish out the notes here as we go into the end of the day. 245, 358.75 was in fact support once again. You saw that bounce, we just discussed it. And here, by the way, this is what I'm saying, that I was only willing to buy 357.50. Now they bounced off 358.75. That was it for me, unless they fall in the next few minutes down to the number. That's going to be the end of the day. There's nothing else I'm going to be looking to do with an hour or less left on the clock. And then, of course, into the end of the day, first they came down and they bounced at 357.54. And that was, of course, against the low or the proposal of 357.50 with what? No time left on the clock. Either way, the takeaway is the numbers work still. But then they ended up going lower as they kill him into the close. And let me qualify this for a second. Well, the number didn't work because they killed him into the close, some of you might say. Some of you might email me later on. Well, here's the deal. When there's only 10 or 15 or 20 minutes left on the clock, anything goes. The market goes haywire. Sometimes we've seen them run up 20, 30, 40 S&P handles in a few minutes. Sometimes we see them kill them into the close, 20, 30 S&P handles or more into the close. So when there's only a few minutes left on the clock, sometimes the rules get kind of skewed and thrown out the window. <clears throat> That's why I don't trade into the end of the day with only a few minutes left on the clock. You don't have any time, if you're wrong, to maneuver around the trade, to get out of the trade. You can get caught in a really bad situation, so I avoid trading into the end of the day.
If you're holding something and it's going your way, that's one thing. But I'm not taking a new position at 3.30, 3.40 in the afternoon. It's not going to happen. Hashtag treating it as a business. Stocks on the move. They're back. The board is showing that Lowe's and Sienna both hit their price objectives. Lowe's did it into the end of the day. We'll take a look anyway. But we'll also take a look at the chart of Sienna. The rest of them, NCLH, Resi, and ADPT, they didn't hit their price objectives. So guess what? There are no trades. We only want to take trades at our numbers, not somebody else's. Here's Lowe's just for fun. The number on the board was 147.03. They did a dive bomber down into the number in the last few minutes of the trading day. That's a no trade. So what happened? They just missed the number and they went sideways all day. What does that tell you? They're getting a haircut. They come down and they go sideways most of the day. They're hanging out for a cup of coffee. Why? To go lower. To where? Happens to be to our number, but that's not the point. They hung out for a cup of coffee all day and they went lower. We talk about that all the time. So today, from a trading perspective, my number was wrong. If I had a number higher, around 150, slightly below, look at the low here, 149.26, and they had a nice bounce. But that wasn't the number that came out of my calculator for us today. I don't want to trade somebody else's number. They're either going to hit my number or it's a no trade. We get our fair share. I don't get FOMO. What's FOMO? Fear of missing out. How about Sienna? So you can see the haircut Sienna was getting at the open and you can see the 4210 that was on the board bright and early. They had the bounce. They gave us the base hit, but they never took off, never went on a rocket ride, never went much lower, hung out for a cup of coffee all day around 42 and change. So they did the deal, but they hung out for a cup of coffee. The takeaway, the numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So today, the campers had a new high. They made a new high. Then they reversed and finished on the lows. That's a failure, but they made a new high yesterday. It was attempted a higher high today and a failure, but technically speaking, we call them as we see them. We're calling balls and strikes. It's still a failed breakout. Now they're inside of the former high. Wait, there's more. We have other stuff that we have to talk about. So they're in an uptrend. Therefore, the trend is your friend until when? Until it's over. However, look how far away they are from home base. They're very far from home base. 165 is home base. It's the 20-period moving average. Markets and stocks and any chart never like to get too far away from home base. So what they like to do is either come back to run a test around home base or go sideways for a while. And in this case, you see home base is sloping upward. It's creeping up. So it gives home base a chance to creep up toward price as they come down or go sideways. Here's the net net with the IWM. The IWM has been on a really, really great rally. There's a lot of space where it can still stay bullish and still sell off. So that's an awareness. You really have to stay away from the IWM until something clear develops. Is there a spot where I would be an interested buyer? And that's a decision in real time. But where's the spot, the first spot I would likely start looking at the IWM? Well, check out the spot around 171, give or take. Here's my thing on around 171. 
So we have a gap at 173.39. They missed the gap, so when they come back down, because they only missed it by a smidgen, we don't want it anymore, so they'll likely spike through the gap. Where are they going to go? How about to test the low of the last breakup candle? Where's that? Around 171, give or take. How you doing? Write that down. Put it on a sticky note under IWM. Transports, we're seeing the same thing. Another breakout or an attempt at a further breakout, a failure. The market reversed intraday. So what do you get? You get everything that looks the same. But it's not bearish from a daily chart perspective. That's the point that I'm trying to get across. Market might come down for a couple of more days. Might come down a lot. Might come down for six months. We don't know. But from today, they're above all the moving averages. They're just working off some of this stuff where they're high on the chart. That's it. They never like to get too far away from home base. When you look at the weekly chart, I'm just trying to put this in perspective. We're not talking about a collapse right now. We're talking about a down day. Even on the weekly chart, you can see how far away price is from home base. Home base is all the way down around 11,100, 12, 1,250 points away. That's a long way from home base. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Remember the Q's chart? It really didn't look the same as a lot of the others. And you can see here, all of a sudden, we have this big breakdown candle. We had a bearish wedge. And what do we have? We have a move that is continuing in the southern direction. Again, same routine. We're above all these moving averages. As they come back into the moving averages, are they likely to be support if they come back in, the cues that is, to the moving averages? Are they likely to be support around the 20 and the 50 period moving average? And also, you see this pivot low. What's that called? It's another window into the area that's in no man's land before they run and fill the gap. Where's the gap? 274.65. So there's a lot of stuff going on here moving averages you have a window a pivot low you have a gap you have a 100 period moving average obviously these things are far away but what i'm saying is there's a lot of support before you have to start talking and looking down in this zone all the way down here xlf looks the same what's the important thing about the xlf friday's close 2680 that's it that's really the only thing that's important so we can move it along smash mouth same or similar to everything else. They're challenging the high. They may come down a little bit, but they're above all the moving averages. So is there anything wrong with the tape? And the answer is not at present. Put it in perspective. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.